great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into a special podcast series for Shout titled Camp Diaries. I am going to sit down and have conversations with the best and the brightest beat reporters for the Buffalo Bills over the next few days talking about what it's like to go to camp at St. John Fisher University. As always, Shout is brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets, your neighborhood store with more barbecues, tailgating, or on a road trip to see your favorite team. Wherever the football season finds you, make sure to stop at Tops for the best deals in town. From fresh meat to locally grown produce, Tops has everything you need and so much more for mealtime, snack time, or anytime. Tops at your table since 1962. Here is our first interview of the series with Sal Capaccio, WGR 550. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to a St. John Fisher University dorm room. And when this comes out, it's going to be close enough to the end of camp that I think I can give away a little bit more detail. Room 216, where it's going to be, uh, I'm inviting a bunch of people into the room to talk about what it's been like to be back at St. John Fisher, but not only at St. John Fisher and the dorm experience and all of that, but being back around the media, the team. This is the first time really in a few years where We've been able to kind of recreate what hap- what happened historically, traditionally, for Bill's media. And I know that's been one of the talking points from a lot of fans. And so this series is going to bring you inside training camp uh, like no other podcast, I hope. Uh, and my first guest here, we're starting it off with a bang, Mr. Sal Capaccio from WGR 550. What's up, buddy? And I'm in 218 right next to you, which is cool, right? What we don't- were you doing last night, by the way? I was home, so I have no idea if someone somebody was in your room. Oh my gosh! It was, it was a rager over there. I can imagine. I listen. I mean, I do have my mini fridge. I do have my Keurig, my coffee maker. So if there's a room to pick out on this floor, that and I put my beds together. Like you still have your single beds here. I put my two beds together. And everybody says, "What about that crack in the middle?" Like, well, I'm not gonna fall in the crack. Like I sleep on one side, but at least I can sprawl if I need to, right? But I'm thinking here. I'm looking. I'm like, all right, you're there. We need one of those doors like they have in hotel rooms. So you just go back and forth to each other. Because <laughs> actually, when I was coming over here, you, you said uh, we, you left the lunchroom right before I did. And you said, oh, when you get back here, just knock on my door. We popped open. We were right next to each other. It feels <laughs> like college. It feels like it's such a cool environment. And that's where I kind of wanted to start. Is, is this environment like, you know, dorming is dorming and the beds are the beds, whatever. We, you know, we've talked about that in different shows. But just like. What's the most fun you have in this environment? Because I think we're in the same page that we like going away to camp and kind of being a part of this atmosphere. I think it's probably what most of your guests will say. It's hanging out with you and other people, our friends, right? Our colleagues. We have a good time. We we share each other's company. We're going to be on the road together a lot. We're going to be at practice together every day. We share stories. Are we competitive? Yes. Can we get on each other's nerves sometimes? Of course, right? But that's what families do. That's what you know, brothers and sisters do. And I I, I always view our colleagues as brothers and sisters and family that we're all trying, we're all in this together. We're all trying to do the best job we can and we help each other. Right. I mean, as much as it is competitive, 
you know, we're trying to make sure that um, we all kind of get done what we need to get done and help each other if that's possible. So I think that's the the best part for me. It doesn't always work out. Hey, you want to go here? Want to go there? We play golf together, go out to dinner together, do something like that. So I think that's the coolest part for me is just the camaraderie we get with our colleagues. And look, we've missed that for the last few years. We had we had COVID and, you know, the, the COVID seasons, I should say, 20 and 21. We didn't have we didn't go away. We didn't get to know each other a little bit. And then there's new people on the beat. I haven't gotten to know that much. Just kind of being around them every day and saying hello is pretty cool. What's changed, if anything, about the camp experience this year? And it could be in the dorms. It could be out on the practice field for you. Has there been anything different or has it felt a lot of the same types of things that you felt and you remember from your first few years doing this? For me, this is personal. So you have to remember this is okay. So we're in 2022. My son, Max is eight years old. So the last time we were here, he was six, five, he was five. And then the previous years, four, three, two, like it was way different to try and manage that with my wife at home and the scheduling. He's more self-sufficient now. I can kind of take my time a little bit more. I can kind of not be rushed as much and feel like I got to go home and help out. I got to be here. I got to be there. Like, I don't feel as much pressure and maybe I put that on myself a little bit too much anyway, but you know, your kids are getting older. I think you probably feel the same sense of, okay, like they, Hey, it doesn't, we don't both have to be there to get them up and do things in the morning. They can kind of do, expect yourself to do it, Max. You got to help your mom. I'm going to be gone for a few days. So for me, this has been a little bit more of a kind of a, a slower down from slow down pace for me in a good sense, which is I can get my work done. I don't have to feel rushed. Hey, when you coming home, what are we doing? What are you guys doing today? So that's the difference for me on a personal level. As far as the team is concerned, I think it's kind of the same as it's always been out here at camp. I really think that um, maybe just more fans on a daily basis. We've always had packed crowds, but I mean, you really feel it this year. I've one of my biggest camp takeaways was, or the things that one of the things I was so excited about was to see what Stefan Diggs was going to be like in this environment. And because going in, I thought, okay, it was going to be this big, Party for Von Miller because obviously the headlines are 120 million. Josh Allen, the superstar, back at camp. And I was kind of wondering, like, all right, is Stefan Diggs gonna kind of is that gonna get pushed under the radar a little bit because of all these other big things happening? And it's been completely opposite. I I feel like the love affair that Bill's Mafia has with Stefan Diggs, and listen, Josh is gonna get Josh, Von's gonna get Von's. I would put him right on par with the attention that both of those guys have gotten every time Stefan Diggs has kind of been percolating around fans, been around fans. I mean, obviously the big uh, viral video, the, I think it was three days into camp where, you know, he, he heard that a little boy just lost his, his father. He took the time for that. I know it wasn't in Rochester, but at the red, white, and blue uh, scrimmage game, a red and blue, blue and red, whatever. Um, he took like 40 ish minutes after the practice signing autographs. Like, this is something that I think has been building because of Diggs. I almost felt like got kept away from Bills fans for so long. Yeah, when they show up to practice, to me, there's four guys who really get the big, big, big roars from the crowd. You know when they enter the field. Josh, by far, number one, right? He goes out there. Stefan Diggs. I mean, he, when, when Stefan Diggs, you know, even his name is cool, Diggs, right? I mean, he's just, he's got the name on the back. Everybody recognizes him, kind of the way he carries himself. When he came out in the red and blue scrimmage, he turned around and he just looked, looked at the crowd, did one of those poses, right? He got everybody hyped up. That was cool. Von Miller's another one. The other one, I'll tell you, for me, I think who gets – I'll put in this category. I'm so excited to hear what you're going to say because I have somebody that I think is sneaky on this list. Okay. And I want to see if it's the same one. Well, let's just say on three. Ready? One, one two, three. Dawson, Dawson Knox. Knox. 
Yes. Dude. Yes. That was wild. Dawson is loved. Fan he is loved. Favorite. He yeah. is loved. And you know what it comes down to? A lot of what you just said. Dawson signs every autograph put in front of his face, man. He is out there every day till the last person, basically. Matt, I'm telling you, he walked around that stadium the other night, Friday night, until the sun was down, still signing autographs. Did the same thing you just talked about, Stefan. But people love him. He had this, he's just a super nice guy. He does a lot in the community. You see his face now a little bit more often here and there. And he had this big year. And, you know, the way he talks about Buffalo, buying a house in the community, wanting to stay here, that's, people love that. They just eat that up. But it goes beyond that. I just think that his personality, um, his talent has shown through. It's so cool you say that. I think, to me, those are the four guys who get the biggest roar. Also in the mix for me is Poyer. And that's interesting because there's been a little bit of divisiveness in the fan base about him. Like there's that, that section that's like, ah, they can move on. They got Jaquan Johnson, DeMar Hamlin. One of them will step up, whatever, trade them, right? Because of the contract demands. Then there's this other portion of the fan base that is they're ride or die Jordan Poyer fans. They know the kind of mileage that he's put in this organization, you know, the battle scars, what he's left on the field. And so when he came out that first day, even mired in like the the contract stuff and showing up for camp and he got a roar, man. I was I shouldn't say I was surprised because I do think there is a fair amount of love for him in the fan base, but I still think that more positive than negative on, on Poyer, and he's a he's a pretty big fan. Well, he, I think part of that is it's never gotten contentious with him, like that the whole thing about the contract. Like he never said, "Oh, pay me or trade me. I'm not going to show up." And then there was, "Well, will he even show up?" Once he got here. And then once we knew he's going to kind of participate in practice, I think fans are like, okay, he's here, he's bought in, and he's Jordan Poyer, he's one of us. And he made it clear, like, hey, I'm not going to do that. I want to win, all that kind of stuff. So he is a fan favorite for sure. And to me, my philosophy is fans need to enjoy Jordan Poyer for one more year because I don't know if he's going to be around after this year. I think his contract might kind of run out, and then they'll see, and maybe he stays around. But you're right, he's one of the guys. Mike is in there. There's so many guys. Gabe Davis now becoming a star in a lot of ways in his own right. So this, this, this fan base truly connects with and loves this team. You're, I'm going to talk to a, a, a bunch of different media members that all have different routines and practices for getting through the two and a half week grind of it. What is your, your cadence? Is it, if the bills have back-to-back days, you're in the dorm no matter what, do you drive back some nights? What's that like? And what's the routine coming in on a morning practice? Like you will on Wednesday versus a morning when you wake up here. Cause I'm going to some of my, my okay. Calls. So it's a good question. So, yes, if they are back-to-back practices, I generally stay overnight. The first, When they had a – they started off um, with a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I stayed over, overnight, overnight. You know, I'll do it two nights in a row. Now, that will be based on if something's going on and Yana, my wife, she's at home and she goes, hey, I can't take Max in the morning. I got I to gotta go to work for something. Or I can't pick him up in the afternoon. We got something going on. Then I'll, I'll go home. It's only well, – it's an hour and 20 minutes, right? We can do it. It's not a big deal. But if she's like, yeah, we're all good. Like my schedule's good. You can stay up there. It's kind of just a working concert, but I prefer to stay here because, you know, it's funny. I know you'll, you'll probably talk to John Scott on this thing. He said he, to reveal, he said he doesn't like to come up in the morning. Like he doesn't like to drive. I actually like the drive in the morning. Hmm. I don't like the drive in the evening, hmm. or I should say, I don't like going back the drive. Like if I'm here, I'm, I'm exhausted. My work is done. We're doing this whole thing right now. I kind of want to just go take a nap. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like I, I was in the sun all day or I just want to kind of relax and then go out to dinner tonight. That's what I want to do. I don't want to get in my car and drive for an hour and 20. But when I'm at home and it's time to come up, I get up at 530. I'm, I'm ready. I get my coffee, get in there, put on Howard and Jeremy. I start going. And that's the difference for me, Matt. I usually do my radio spot at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. with Howard and Jeremy. I like to be live here. 
Right. I don't want to be doing it from the phone. So usually I'm here. I wake up, I go downstairs, I get my coffee, I go down there. If I'm driving up, I try to get here before I go on the air with them. Seven o'clock's tough. If I say, if so, if I'm driving, I'm like, Howard, make it eight o'clock. I go on the air at eight o'clock with them. So that's kind of how I like to play it. I like to be, I, it's probably different for a lot of people who don't have a radio hit, you know what I mean, in the morning. And then if I am here in the morning, it's nice. I just wake up, you know what I mean? I get my coffee, walk downstairs, and sometimes I'll take a shower before that. Sometimes I'll come back to the room, take a shower before practice. Mm-hmm. So yesterday I did it for the first, I usually come up in the morning, but last night I was like, you know what? I've been late a couple times, oh. like just walking up or just on time, like at 9.15 when we're hearing from Sean or Leslie Frazier. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get up. I'll wake up here. I'll have, I'll be much more together. Right. So I started driving down main street. Um, cause I had to stop and get gas. So I was going to get on a transit. This is last night. This is last night, uh, which was Sunday night for today. The Monday's practice. And so I was going to get on the throughway out there, uh, uh, transit and near Worley there. And for whatever reason, I wasn't looking at my GPS and I just like, I drove past, like I'm so used to going to bar bill. Right. And uh, we actually, our baseball team practices at the Epic Center. So I just, I drove past. All of a sudden, I got a mile down the road and I'm like, crap. And so I'm like, well, I guess I'm just going the non toll route. And I just took that route at like nine o'clock at night, nine thirty at night. So it added about like t- 10, 15 minutes. But to your point, it was like, it was rough. Like I was tired. Right. right. And like it was, a, it wasn't the same thing, but I had a full weekend of baseball. So I was in the sun. So I was like, I don't recommend that. Like I didn't, I didn't really like that. When I'm here, I found a new spot. I did not know about this the first two years I was in Rochester. The Village Bakery. I don't know if you've ever been to it. It's over on State Street. I've gone there now. My order is, it's called the Lucy, okay? It is a croissant with some type of cheese. I can't pronounce it. Delicious. Sausage, egg. It is to die for. The coffee is great. So it's a nice little spot. Whatever they did over by State Street, I don't know what that little street is, but you can walk like right around the river there. Have you seen that over there? What do you mean over by the pub? Yes. Okay, yeah. I want to talk about that place. It might be the same place we ate at. I'm not sure. Okay. We ate there. Yana and Max came up for practice on Sunday. Uh-huh. So we were here, and we we were here beforehand. We wanted to get some breakfast. So I said to her, I said, hey, I drove up this little road because the bridge is closed. I had to go the road. Uh-huh. I learned. I'm like, where? Oh, my God. It's right to this canal. I never knew it existed. Me neither. I'm right next to the canal. It's called Show in Place. S-H-O-E-N. Spelled just like Joe Shane. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's got the exact same, but I think it's called Schoen. Is how they say it. My wife was from Germany. Goes Schoen. Schoen. That's how she says it. Okay. And she, it's a German name. So Schoen Place is the name of the road. It might be the same breakfast spot. I'm not sure. We ate there the other day. Was it on that road? Is on that road. It was a little diner. Okay. I don't know. Is your little diner? No. I, I want to go to the diner, diner now, though. <laughs> I'm a big diner guy. Yeah, no, it was a good diner. And I went, I had a bagel. Max had like some sausage and eggs and they had lollipops there. They only take cash, no credit card, but that was okay. You know what I mean? So like, it's kind of old school. Mm -hmm. The sizzle of the grill, popping open a refreshing drink, crowds cheering for their favorite team. These are the beautiful sounds of football season and tops is right there with you. From fresh meat to locally grown produce tops has everything you need and so much more. Tops at your barbecue since 1962. Let's go to when we're working now and when we're out there. And the thing that I tell fans all the time when they ask me, like, what was it like, you know, covering camp is the access to the players and seeing them away from the facility. Because 
part of what's happening in the team right now with the team building is you get to see them in their natural habitat. Like when we're out at practice at the facility in Orchard Park, we see them when they're on the field. When they go in the building, they're, they're, they're in the locker room. They're, they're doing that. And we may be back in the locker room, and that kind of gives you a little bit more access. But here, you see them all around the campus talking to fans at autograph booths, walking around on the, on the outskirts. You just get to kind of get to know who these guys are a little bit more. Let me ask you this. Has there been a memorable moment from camp that really stuck out, st- stood out to you? And it could be anything. It could be an interaction you saw with a player and a fan. It could be something that a conversation that you had with a player, anything that really stood out for you from camp now being back here. this time. I would say Von Miller, first of all, and his accessibility, even though he's Von Miller and he's going to walk into the hall of fame five years after his career is over. And he's Von Miller. Does he really, if you're talking about a guy who doesn't have to stick around and do autographs and you'd kind of be like, okay, well, he's Von Miller. It doesn't matter. He still does. He walks. So the way it's set up. So in case the listeners don't know, there's two fields, the bills practice on the far field, which is the grass field. The turf field is actually the St. John Fisher university playing field. There's fans who, who go to those bleachers because they want the players to come walk through that field. And we hear them all the time, right? We're doing press conferences. They're right behind us. And Vaughn, like almost every day walks over there and he signs everything. So one day he walks over there and I look over and there's people in Denver Broncos Von Miller jerseys and he's signing those. And I'm like, that's super cool. Like they're Broncos fans from living somewhere around here or whatever. And they come here just to see Vaughn and he's signing that stuff. And I thought that was super cool. Like just to show you like, yeah, I'm a Buffalo Bill here, but these people are fans of mine. I'm going to do what's right and treat them right. And what have we heard from other players? Von just treats everybody like normal. Like he, he's not, he doesn't walk up with his nose up in the air. I'm Von Miller. And I always think like, yeah, like that's a guy who you could understand if he's like, I don't want to sign a million autographs today, but you know what? The guy is out there almost every day doing it. There was one moment in, and again, you forget like the environment with fans there, but there was one day where there was really loud kid. Like he like maybe eight or nine years old. <laughs> and he was, he was just like borderline annoying. Like he was going to town. Like every time he was running the offensive sidelines, like side on the far part of the field. And he was like, Diggs, Davis, see me, Diggs, like crazy. Like to the point where you're like, man, this kid is going for like a good 45 minutes. And so finally there was just this one little moment where Diggs was kind of walking down and he walked right into it and he kind of just looked over at him. He's like, <laughs> kind of like gave him like a like a shh sign like put his finger to his mouth it was i forget this is audio only people can't see me but it was just this like fun little interaction and literally 15 seconds later Diggs turned around Diggs, i love you Diggs just going to town that's the stuff that i miss the most and it's it's just been so great to have the fans back out to create that environment and atmosphere no doubt about it and um you know, the little tunnel there where all the people stand and everybody wants their autographs. And I feel bad because I want to tell them, hey, they usually don't sign on the way into practice, right? These guys, and they kind of, they walk by and then on the way out, they try to sign you know, as much as they can. It's so funny. Like the, the, the music, I think about the music, they're always pumping the music and all that. So I'm going to say something too that's going to sound a little bit like egotistic, but it's true. Like I also like the interaction of the fans who recognize us and me and say, hi, Sal, and listen to you all the time. And I've signed things and things like that. And look at your profile is growing a lot. You're getting a lot of people more recognizing you, but it's just like to the level now of it's pretty wild. And like my wife and son come and they're kind of blown away sometimes. Like, I can't believe how many people want to talk to you and take pictures with you. And look, I think it's awesome. I think it's cool. Like, and I said, as I said, when I was on the Pat McAfee show, well, don't be a jerk. Don't be an a-hole, right? That's why that that's, 
you're the same way. Like people rely on us to get their information on the team. They also listen to this podcast. They listen to me on the radio. They, they feel a connection to us. They feel like they know us. You're a dad with kids. There's somebody driving right now listening. Who's a dad with kids or a mom with kids. And we relate to them. And when they come out here, they're like, Oh man, I listen to you all the time. So when I get that, like, yeah, I miss that. I do. I miss it for ego part. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. Like, I think that it's, that's, I think in this business, you have to have some of that, but it's also just a reminder of what we do is important to people. It's important for their lives. Not on a sense of, you know, you know, in, in the grand scheme of life important, it's important because these people, this is their team. This is what they care about. And we're the people that give them the information. They trust us. And that's cool. So this is a great topic and I, I have some thoughts about it. And number one, when you, when you get into like, as a fan of, of sports for us being football fans growing up in Buffalo, right? Why do you gravitate so, so, to, to it so much? Because so many people love it, right? And so when so many people love something and you you work to to build a career in that thing that everybody loves, one of the reasons you do it is to achieve some some type of status in that world, right? When I got in, when I got into this, I I, I learned really early on I'm not going to be a professional football player, basketball yeah. player, baseball player. This is the closest I was going to get to the world. And once you get into that world, it is about building some type of you know, brand, but also reliability. Like, I think no matter what, one of the things, and I, and to your point about fans and interacting with them out here, I talk to a lot of them. I have conversations about with, about the show, about, um, you know, my coverage, everything like that. And one of the things that comes back to me so much is like, you're so relatable, but you're also so accessible. Right. And I want to be accessible. I want those interactions. It's for me, of course, there's probably some, some, somewhere in there, same thing as you. Like, there's an ego part of it. Like, it's cool to be noticed, right? But it's also cool that given how many options are out there, somebody spends their time engaging with the stuff that I write and I put out. And I appreciate that. And there's, an, there's a back and forth. It's a reciprocal appreciation that I think happens. I like that. The accessibility part is really cool and important. And like, whether it's just a, a simple Twitter thing, we can't read all of our mentions, right? We're working and all that, you know, we get DMS and stuff like that, but the people come on here when it's real life and you get to meet the person, they introduce you to your kids and stuff like that. You know, I think that that's super cool, but I think there's a, also a larger conversation here about it's not always the way it was. And there's a certain school of thought that that's not who we should be because that's not what journalism or media is about. But I, I say it's changed. It's changed a lot. It's no longer like it was, 40, 30, even 20 years ago. Like I think gone are kind of the days and still there's a place for the people who, and there's a place for just kind of showing up and getting into your, into your notebook and writing down things. And that's what you do. And you just go back and you write your story and all that. But man, I think to me to survive in this business, Matt, you have to be accessible. You have to be relatable to people because if you're not, they're going to go to the people who are, and then you're not the person anymore that, really is getting the, the clicks or the eyeballs or the views. And that's going to impact how you're seen by, you know, your boss or your outlet or whatever that is. You get what I'm saying? I think you have to do that. And you have to be like that these days or you're not going to survive very long. I operate on the knowledge that I was for 15 years, my target demographic in my job. Now me personally, I called the radio shows. I read the Buffalo news. I, I, I search social media for content. Like I've been the fan, right? So I know 
the experience that I wanted as a fan. So I try to not only create that for what I know from my personal experiences, but conversations that I have with fans all the time. I think me and you, like, we're always trying to have those conversations to improve what we do and what we provide. And by doing that, the fans drive my content in everything that I do from my podcast to my written stuff, to my interviews, to everything that I do, they drive that. And I think that in the end, your brand will grow based on how you adapt to what your audience wants. No doubt. If, I mean, if again, if you don't change with the times, then you're not going to be part of them. There's no doubt about that. Social media is a big part of it. All these kinds of things we're doing, these different ways to do podcasts and video casts, all that kind of stuff. Sometimes I'm a little overwhelmed by it, to be quite honest. Sometimes it's too much for me. And I'm like, am I missing out on something? Should I be doing it this way? Should I be doing it that way? And I kind of get like a little bit of uh, paralysis by analysis, if you will, mm. where instead of concentrating on what I think really works best for me, I'm like, I try to do that. And then I try to do that. And I try to do that because I, well, these people are watching this now. So I got to do that. Now, wait, this is how they're consuming over here. So I got to do that. And then I have to sit back every once in a while. I sit back and go, wait a minute. But if I just keep doing what I'm doing and concentrate on that, I still have my following, my content and people like that. They're still going to come to me for it. And maybe there's a place and a time. I mean, look, I, I have an Instagram. I never use it. And everybody uses Instagram. I'm like, should I use it more often? I don't think I've, I've never done a Snapchat. I don't even know how to, to be quite honest with you. Right? Like those are the kinds of things that I wrestle with sometimes that am I doing it the right way? Am I not doing it the right way? But I think at the end of the day, as long as you kind of, do what you're comfortable with and do what you're best at. You should be okay. Last question here uh, before I let you get out of here. Thank you so much for doing this. What changes the most from a production standpoint, being at St. John Fisher for the two, two and a half weeks, as opposed to working at home, working in the office, wherever you do your day to day, is it more difficult? Is it more streamlined? Is it easier because we have such, you know, we're all in one place. How is the job change when you're here for the time that you're here? So obviously there's two parts of my job. There's the live radio part. And then there's the you know, afterwards, after practice content, what happened at practice kind of thing. The live radio part's been way more challenging because I got, instead of being in a studio with Jody Biasi doing extra point show, he's here doing the show. I'm out at practice watching. He throws to me live on the field and I'm trying to pay attention, but talk about what's going on. I can't kind of do both. If that makes sense. It's great. I think it's awesome content for the listeners. Like, Oh my God, we got a guy on the field. He's telling us what's happening to practice. Who's not practicing. But in the meantime, I'm talking to them, answering questions, trying to watch five, 11 on 11 plays. Like what did I just miss? I can't really describe play by play. It's not what we're doing. We, we can't really go that route. So that's, that's been challenging, but afterwards easier because it's just, everything's here. I have a, I have a kind of things I got to get done at a certain time. And let's say we're staying up here and we're going to dinner. We're playing golf. I got to be done by a certain time. Get it done, Sal. And I don't have a TV in my room. I used to bring one. I didn't bring one. I just get my work done. That's it. Want to get, I, you know what I do? I'm done with press conferences. I go sometimes get some lunch. Sometimes I don't. I literally come back here and I just bang out that story. And I bang out my Facebook live that I got to do. And I'm pretty much done for the afternoon. And I'm like, what's next? Either it's A, it's napping. Or it's B, it's golfing. Or it's C, it's going out to eat with somebody. Or meeting a friend up here in Rochester. But basically the rest of my day is good until I have to do a radio hit at like 4 o'clock which open the Bulldog. Sal Capaccio, WGR 550, taking you inside training camp from his perspective. Thank you so much, buddy. Anytime, man. This was really nice. We got to get one of those doors again. We can just kind of hang out. We'll put that in the order form for the uh, St. John Fisher crew.
All right, everybody, that'll do it for this episode of Camp Diaries. Make sure you subscribe and review to shout for all of your Buffalo Bills coverage. And as always, we're brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets. From your child's first birthday party to your holiday feast, Sunday football, backyard barbecues, and every meal in between, Tops is proud to have been at your table for the past 60 years and looks forward to 60 more.